Let me introduce tonight's guest speaker. Oh, not guest speaker. It's in-house speaker. <laughs> She's a beloved daughter of the house. Uh, she's a, a really powerful, active leader, small group leader at Itaewon campus. Uh, she's taking the, the, she took the preaching class and she preached a powerful message. I already heard her. She's amazing. So you all better wake up, <laughs> take out your notes and Bibles, and let's welcome up Shelly Mitchell. Hello, everybody. Okay. So I am going to preach to you tonight a powerful message that the Lord has uh, shown me, and I'm hoping that it blesses you as much as it has blessed me. Um, actually, I always wondered how to start it, you know what I mean? Like how to lead into it. But so actually I took the preaching practical as she said, and I realized that both of my sermons, uh, I preached about food, um, because food is very dear to my heart. And so I'll be preaching a sermon dealing with food today. <laughs> and the title of my sermon is stop asking for leftovers. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a little story, and I want you to try to picture yourself um, seeing the story and for what for what it is. <laughs> okay, so how silly does it sound for a little boy to walk up to his mommy in the kitchen and um, him say to her, "Mommy, uh, can you please just make?" all of my meals for the whole week today. Um, I just, yeah, you can just make them today and you can just refrigerate them and put them in containers. And then whenever I'm ready for them, I can go to the refrigerator and get it out and warm it up. I just, I would feel so much better about you making my meals if, if you just did it in advance and I could get them whenever I wanted them because I'm just, I'm just afraid that you'll forget that I need to eat. I'm afraid that you'll forget that whenever it's mealtime and whenever I need to eat. And so the mom would obviously respond to this. No, <laughs> I'm obviously not going to do that because first of all, you're my son and I would never, ever, ever forget that you need to eat. And second of all, it's such a silly idea to make it in advance whenever I can just make it fresh for you each day. Because fresh meals taste so much better than reheated food. Do you agree? Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> um, and so this is obviously a silly story. Um, but how often do we... Go to God with the same question, with the same uh, desire from him as well. A lot of times we're just so convinced that we need something from God far before we actually need it. Uh, so, for example, we can say, oh, God, get me out of this job. I hate this job so bad. I can't stand another day of it, Lord. Just take me out of this job. I don't even care what other job you put me in. Just get me out of here today. 
Or if you say, Lord, my, my contract is ending and I'm about to get my last paycheck. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my loans. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. God, you need to get me another job right now. You need to get me another income or I won't eat. Or even saying, God, I, I trust you to bring me the perfect spouse. I trust you, but God, it is just so hard to wait day after day after day. Um, just, just bring him now, God. I don't understand what is taking so long. And, you know, I don't need an extravagant story. I don't need um, a picture-perfect Disney story. I just, I just want you to bring him. I can't understand that one as much. <laughs> But, <laughs> um, but God's reply to us is often the same. You are my son. I would never, ever, ever forget what you need. And I don't want to give them to you in advance. I want to give you fresh new blessings right when you need them every day. Um, so actually, we find the Israelites in a similar situation. Uh, if everyone will open up your Bibles. I forgot mine, but I have it written on my paper. <laughs> Thanks. You just get so nervous, you forget stuff at your seat. All right. So if everyone will just open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 16. So the Israelites are out in the wilderness right now, and they're out of food, and they are hungry. And so they seem to do what they did a lot in the wilderness and grumble to Moses. And um, the Lord doesn't get angry with them, but we see in uh, verse 4 and 5 what God's response is to this. So uh, could the men just read for me? Read with me Exodus 16 verses 4 and 5. One, two, three, go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Okay, so... In these specific directions that God gives to the people, uh, he shows them his desire to provide for them on a daily basis. Um, when Jesus teaches us how to pray, even in Matthew 6, he doesn't pray for us. He doesn't tell us to pray for long and advanced provision, but he tells us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And... Um, I believe that there's a very deep humility and a very deep dependence on God when we pray for our what for our provisions every single day. Um, it actually uh, reminds me of a prayer of like surrender. So it's so easy when we're in church and we're worshiping God to just say right then and there, like, "Oh God, I surrender to you. I belong to you, God. Do what you want with me." whenever you're worshiping God in that moment. But I feel like there's so, God takes so much pleasure in us whenever every single morning we wake up and we make that decision. Every single morning, whether we feel it or not, we say, God, I'm yours. Do what you want with me today. 
Um, I'm yours today. And, um, yeah, and it says in Luke 9 for us to pick up our cross daily and follow him. So that's every single day we need to do it. And so, so God likes whenever we ask for those things day at a time. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't provide for us in advance or he can't provide for us in advance because that's, I mean, that's a paycheck. You know, we get it if, if, at the beginning of every month and it provides for us for the whole month. But a lot of times whenever we get provision in advance, we end up relying on that paycheck and looking to that paycheck or our savings account and finding safety in that rather than looking to God every, every single day and saying, God, you are my provider today. I belong to you today. And so I think that it's a blessing when he gives us more than we need in plenty of time before we need it. Uh, but I think that in it, we often can just miss out on the day-to-day opportunity to just grow in faith in God and intimacy with God when, as he provides day by day. Um, so if the mom in my story would have succumbed to the desires of her son, and if she would have given him all of his meals in advance, uh, he would have gotten the food, but he would have missed out on so much. He would have missed out on the joy and the anticipation of his mom cooking and him smelling it in the kitchen as it's cooking or seeing his mom put her heart into the meal that she's providing for their family or um, even just sitting at the table with the family and being able to say to the mother, mom, thank you so much for this beautiful meal that you made today. And so he was settling for microwaved leftovers instead of getting a whole meal, a full meal that he could enjoy with the family. So yeah, he gets, he has to miss out on the anticipation and the faith and the thankfulness and the intimacy that he can have with his family by being so focused on getting it in advance whenever he wants it on his own time, trusting himself for it. And so it's, quite a silly request for him to ask and a silly request for us to ask a a lot of times as well. Um, It's so easy for us to understand the mother, the son analogy, because we know mom's not going to forget that we need to eat. Like all growing up, most of us, our moms were just so faithful to cook every single meal. And so we never doubted it. We never even asked if she was going to cook. We just knew that she would. We knew that at dinner time we'd go and there'd be food on the table, whether slightly delicious or more delicious, there'd be food on the table and she'd make it. Um, but it's, it's sad that we trust so much in our moms to provide, but it's so hard for us to trust the all knowing, all powerful, all loving God creator of the universe to provide for us. Um, yeah. So for us, actually, we had a recent example of this when we went on our missions trip to Myanmar, uh, Chris and I went home for three weeks and we spent some time with our family and it was so wonderful. Um, I love seeing my family. I really, really love my family. I mean, I don't doubt that you guys love your families, but I really love my family. (laughs) And so three weeks kind of felt like three days with them. And, um, I got to meet my newest nephew for the first time. Uh, he's one of my nine nieces and nephews. 
And so I got to meet him, and that was such a blessing, and he's so beautiful. And we also, Chris and I, road tripped with our mommies to New York City for Brian and Shane's wedding. And it was such a good time spending time with them and everything. And it was a, a, really, um, a really good trip going home. And uh, actually, though, while we were home, there was a lot of spiritual warfare there. And it was just kind of attacking our family, and it was kind of attacking us as well. But so that kind of made my entire heart, my entire mind just kind of consumed with my family, just praying for them and seeking wisdom for them and everything um, and seeking wisdom for myself and how to handle it. Um, But in being consumed in in that and loving and trying to invest in my family, I actually uh, felt very distant uh, from the mission trip that I was about to go on. We did devotionals every day, like Facebook devotionals every day. And so I would try really hard to like pray into it and um, really get my heart prepared for the trip. But I uh, was so um, much thinking and praying and my heart was just so invested in my current situation that it was kind of hard, really hard actually, to feel like the Myanmar trip was anywhere nearby. Um, And so then whenever we had issues uh, with our visas, as some of you know, um, Chris and I uh, were pretty frustrated because they said that we had to go a day early to go to Thailand and spend 24 hours in Thailand and get our visas there to go into Myanmar. And so uh, we were so frustrated. And my, my response was just immediately like, oh, God, one more thing? Like one more thing that I have to worry about? Um can't, you know, we, we need the visas. Can't you just give us the visas? Like, wouldn't that be easier for everybody? Um, cause I, I really, I just wanted them as painlessly and as quickly as possible. I didn't want to have some extravagant story. I didn't want some life lesson. I just really wanted the visas. I really did. Um, but he ended up giving them to us in time because his time is perfect. Um, I realized that I was asked when I was asking God those things, I was asking for a Tupperware container of food and I just wanted the food. Um, but even in getting our visas, God wanted to give us the full meal. And so, yeah, he just, he wanted to sit down with us and he wanted to have intimacy with us, um, just to a beautifully prepare food with, with us and with Randy and with Pastor Chechina's family and, the other travelers standing in line for hours at the embassy and, you know, the little town called Bangkok, you know. So he really wanted to have a full meal with us there. And I really um, felt intimacy with him because uh, it was really the best thing that I could have gotten at that point. I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the best thing because I had been so caught up in my family, so caught up in what was going on in Ohio that I felt guilty that I wasn't investing in Myanmar and, um, I couldn't make the shift, but that 24 hours, um, in Thailand just completely shifted around my focus. Um, it gave me my strength and it put my heart right where it needed to be, to be on the missions trip. Um, God knew that when I was home, I needed to be fully invested in my family. And he knew when I was in Myanmar, I needed to be fully invested in Myanmar. And so he wasn't worried 
whenever I was at home and I was with my family. He knew that the meal was coming. He knew that he was going to give me a meal that would nourish me and replenish me and recharge me for the next adventure, you know? Um, I actually, it, the moment happened whenever I was on the flight going to Thailand, I was just sitting there and I just sitting in there in the seat and they had just brought me my like airplane food. And I sat there and right before I was going to eat, I um, was just going to give God thanks for the meal. So I just closed my eyes and I just like, all of a sudden I just got this amazing like witness in my spirit for all of it. And I was just, um, I just started just crying because I was just so thankful for who God is and who he is to me and just the amazing blessings that he brought me to just where I was in that exact moment. Just so thankful for it all. Um, yeah. And so I was overwhelmed by it all. And, uh, yeah, his love is just so big for me and just something so tiny, just like visas, just getting your visa. Like God is so extravagant. His love is so extravagant that even those tiny things he wants to turn into a grand feast with us. And so the question is, are we content with the leftovers or will we trust God for his provision? And will we just enjoy the intimacy that he wants to give us in a full meal? So that's really the question for us tonight. Um, yeah, so going back to our Israelite friends, um, we are in verse 16 and 17 then in that chapter. So in verse 16 and 17, uh, the Israelites, they go out and they collect the manna as Moses told them to. And it says that whether they collect a, collected a lot or they collected a little afterwards when they measured it, it all equaled the same amount. It was all one day's worth, okay? So just to get you to understand this a little bit, I'm going to have the ladies read this with me. So starting in verse 16, uh, oh no, sorry, starting in verse 18, uh, one, two, three, go. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. Okay, so it's important that we get this part. So no matter how much they gathered, even if they gathered a whole, much, a whole lot or they gathered almost nothing at all, they all had the same, right? So are we in agreement that there was no leftover food? Are we in agreement that when they measured it, there was no lack? Okay, you got it? Okay, because that's going to lead us into another part. Uh, so let us see what the Israelites decide to do next. Uh, in verse 19 and 20, follow along with me. It reads, and Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. So now whenever I used to read this passage, honestly, um, I, I thought it was funny. And I was just kind of like, oh, man, those sneaky Israelites. They're always trying to pull one over on Moses. But it didn't work. You know, it didn't work this time. Um, and that was like the deepest I went into that passage. <laughs> um, yeah, praise God for his revelation of teaching me something new. <laughs> because last time I read it, I realized something else uh, that I hadn't realized before. Um, in their lack of faith in God to provide for tomorrow, they actually forfeited part of today's blessing. 
Now I'm going to repeat that for if anyone didn't catch it. So in their lack of faith in God to provide for tomorrow, they actually forfeited part of the blessing of today. Because the passage said that no matter how much they gathered or how little they gathered, when they measured it, it was all the same. It was one day's worth. And so in order to store some away from for tomorrow, they had to take away a piece of today's worth and not eat it and store it away and hide it. You getting it? It's good. It's good, right? Yeah. So they had to store it away. So that means they couldn't eat that food that was today's portion because they didn't trust God to provide the manna tomorrow too. And, um, yeah. Um, now going into it some more, I find it kind of intriguing that the bread even only lasted one day because it was from heaven. Like it wasn't bad quality bread. It was probably very good quality, right? Coming from heaven. Um, cause it, and it also, it tells us in verse 22 through 24 um, that on the sixth day, they were told to gather double to last for the Sabbath day. So when they gathered it for the Sabbath day, it lasted on the second day. Um, so even though it went bad the other days, it, it lasted that day. And so I, we see here, when we look at it, that when the Israelites stored up the bread in doubt that God would provide, it rotted. But whenever the Israelites stored up bread in obedience and faith that God would provide, it kept fresh. Do you see the difference? Um, the reason that God gave them the bread wasn't just to provide food for them, not just to sustain their physical bodies, but it was to teach them the eternal lesson of dependence on God. And so um, in Deuteronomy 8.3, it tells us, if you'd like to, you can turn there. I'm going to read it from here. Deuteronomy 8.3, just uh, pay attention. It says, and he humbled you. So uh, they're talking about the Israelites. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so it wasn't about the bread, obviously. It was about teaching them, about reteaching them, and reteaching them to depend on God and to believe the words that he says. And so whatever it is, whether it's the bread in the wilderness, whether it's the provision, whether it's the answered prayer, whether it's the spouse that you're, that you're desiring, those things aren't the things that bring life. The word of God is the bread of life. And so even if God wouldn't give us the food, even if he wouldn't give us the job, even if he wouldn't uh, give us the opportunity that we want or the spouse that we asked for, we would still be overflowing with everything that we need in the word of God. And so at this point, some of you might think, and it's very tempting to think is the word words, God's word, the Bible, like that is all I need. Like 
that is not going to put food on my table. Like that is um, not going to pay my bills. That um, just saying that the word of God is the bread of life. That that's too cliched. That's, that's too spiritual. Like I need something tangible. I need some tangible provisions. I need something in the flesh, right? But God already knew that you would need something in the flesh. And John 1:14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. So, um, <laughs> so in John six, also when the people ask Jesus for a sign, um, they say, well, Moses had a sign. Well, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. So what's your sign? And Jesus says, Moses didn't give them the bread, but the father is the one who gives the true bread from heaven. And verse 33 says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then he tells them, I am the bread of life. So do you, it may be confusing. Do you see the progression here? Okay. So the bread in the wilderness, it wasn't about bread. It was about depending and trusting in God and in his word. And as powerful as the word of God is, it's not just wise letters on a page. The father knew that we needed his word to be physical and tangible and come and show us what it means to believe and to live these words out. And so he knew that we needed Jesus Christ and we needed Jesus to come and to show our fickle little minds what true life, the fullness of life really is to come and show us that. And then finally, by giving us the gift of life, um, by living here and then ultimately by dying on the cross on our behalf. So we do not have to die, but we can have that fullness of life um, here on earth and also eternally in heaven have that fullness of life. So therefore, the word became flesh and that tangible flesh, Jesus Christ, is all that we need to live. It's not just the words but it's the word became flesh and Jesus is all we need. So we don't even need bread. We don't need provision because a faith and a relationship with the one and only Jesus Christ is the true bread. And he is all that we actually need in this life. And so no matter what we want or no matter what we think we need, it's through the life, through the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we receive it. And the phrase keeps ringing in my head that Pastor Christian had recently shared that um, God owes you nothing. He owes you absolutely nothing, especially after Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be funny. But he owes you nothing, but he chooses to give you everything. Wow. 
he chooses also to provide our daily needs, provide our daily desires. Um, Romans 12, I mean 8, Romans 8.32 tells us, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Um, so he chooses he chooses to provide all these things for us. And so why? Like, why have we so naturally just trusted our moms, our human moms, to provide a meal daily for us, but we don't trust the Father? Why do we want to settle for the reheated leftovers when we can get the fresh, intimate meal with God? Because he wants to provide it for us daily through the word and through Jesus Christ. And so why do we settle for getting leftovers as long as we get them as soon as possible? As long as we get them in advance. Whether it's finances or unanswered questions or questioning about the future and direction for the future. We need to stop asking God to just make us up some leftovers and enjoy the fresh new blessings that he gives us each day. Uh, actually, I'm going to end with a example that's very dear to my heart. And that is the story between Chris and myself. Uh, so it actually applies to this whole sermon. Um <laughs> So, um, as some of you may know, uh, Chris and I, we met in seventh grade and, uh, we have been best friends ever since. So clearly it was God providing the manna in his perfect timing when God brought Chris into my life because, uh, Satan had plans to destroy my family. And those plans were just beginning to trickle down to me when I had reached middle school. And so, because I was the youngest in the family, so they were trickling all the way down to the bottom. And I, at that moment, I really, really needed a strong and a faithful friend to rely on and to remind me of who I am. And so it was truly God bringing that man at the very perfect timing. And also... Uh, he just has set us apart for one another, uh, just bringing us together at that time. It was not as evident in seventh grade, but it's evident now, um, that he had brought us together and just set us apart. And, uh, he had a glorious feast prepared for us. Uh, so in showing us that he was going to bring us together, he even gave us like a peek at the menu, you know, he even like let us see what was coming uh, so that we would build up anticipation and excitement and thankfulness for what was coming. Um, and that's what should have happened. Uh, but by the time we got to college, we were just tired of waiting. You know, we were just tired of waiting for what we were thinking was way down the road, this glorious feast. And we decided that uh, we wanted, we wanted to settle for microwaved leftovers. <laughs> um, Chris would always say in college, he would always say, it's not fair because 
most people, they meet their spouse when they're an adult. And so when they meet them, they can just marry them right away. And they don't have to wait all this time before they get married just because they're age. He said that all the time. <laughs> and he also, he also would always quote First <laughs> Corinthians 7, 9. It says, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. <laughs> So it says, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. (laughs) Yeah, so as you can see, we are tired of waiting. Uh, So we tried it our own way and in our own timing. And so just like the little boy in our story, we were saying, um, God, I want the food, but I just want you to make it right now. So that I can eat it when I want it. I can get it out when I think it's convenient and when I think it's best. Um, but in that, we got the food, but we missed out on the meal. And so uh, we were definitely looking for intimacy in each other outside of covenant. And we got a form of it, but it wasn't enjoyable in the way that it's meant to be enjoyed. Um, we actually, we became very, very distant from God, very disconnected from God. Um, we really gave up that true intimacy with God and the thankfulness for his daily blessings and how much he had blessed us, blessed us and had favor on us and protected us. And we had lost all anticipation of the preparation of the meal that was coming. Um, actually in the process, we, uh, began to despise each other as well. Um, because without God, a relationship, um, it cannot be prosperous and be filled with the love of God the way it's meant to. Um, so we tried to provide for ourselves outside of God's will and provision. And as the Israelites did, we ended up with less. And what we had left was just worm infested, moldy manna in our hands and our, Relationship originally started out as God's miraculous provision, but it had become moldy bread because we doubted the Lord to provide. And so it had to, it had to be thrown out. And, uh, by the grace of God, we did throw it out. And, um, yeah, just by the blood of Jesus and his mercy, we were able to start our relationship fresh and new and, Uh, Now, in our marriage, I can truly say on behalf of both of us that we enjoy full meals in faith and intimacy and thankfulness with the Lord every single day. Um, Yeah, we can just, uh, we just, (laughs) yeah, we enjoy them every single day. And uh, the Lord truly loves to dine with us. He really loves to prepare those meals and to sit down and have that intimacy with us. So stop robbing ourselves, and we need to stop robbing God of that that intimacy of the full meal, the full feast that God wants for us. So if everyone will please bow your heads, I'm going to close this in prayer. God, we just want to thank you for your love. We want to thank you for your intimacy, God. Um, And ultimately, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you um, that he's come and that he's um, 
the bread of life for us, that we need to live this life out to the fullest, God. We just pray that we would know you and we would know Jesus more and more and know what it is for him to be the word became flesh and for him to be our bread, our life, God. And so we just declare right now that we we trust in you to provide for us. We trust in your perfect blessings and your perfect timing for us, God. We're eager not just to see what you're going to provide for us next, God, but we are eager to experience that with you, to live in that intimacy with you, God. So right now, Lord, we, re- we pray that you would remove all distrust and wor- worry from our hearts, God. Even the secret worries that are held up in our hearts, just as the Israelites secretly hid away the food and in the morning it was rotten. Lord, we just pray that all secret doubt, all secret worry, God, would be removed from us so that we will not miss out on the full blessing and the full provision that you have for us. So, Lord, we just declare that we trust in you fully, God, and we rely on you fully. Our dependence and our hope is in you and in you alone. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for your love, and we just thank you for the full meals that you love to eat with us and provide for us every single day. In your son's name we pray, amen.